For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hi guys, I am Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me as we kick off a brand new week. Happy Monday. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget my social media, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore for news about me and the show and clips. Also my Twitter account at Monica Crowley and on Truth Social, which is having a really big week because it just opened up. Uh, you can now uh, create an account very easily. They moved out of beta testing. Later in the week, we may have Devin Nunez join us uh, to talk about truth. I am up there as well at Monica Crowley. So please check me out there and send me an email about this show at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Again, the email address for this show. Tell me what's on your mind. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Later in the show, we've got more of your hilarious emails about the music and more. Keep those emails flowing right in. Uh, we've got a lot to get to on the podcast today. I just want to say that over the weekend, I made my very first trip to Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. I've been to Memphis before, which I loved. That was probably about 12 years ago now that I was in Memphis. Loved, loved Memphis. But Nashville is the new hot happening place and I had never been. So I went because I appeared on Mike Huckabee's show on TBN. 
uh, called Huckabee. And it aired all weekend, and uh, they've got this fantastic theater, which I later learned from a driver that I had in Nashville, was built by one Conway Twitty, country music legend. He created Twitty City to compete with the Grand Ole Opry, and apparently there was a big rivalry. I had no idea. Um, But Huckabee does a show out of the old Conway Twitty Theater. It is fantastic. I had an absolute ball. Thanks so much to Governor Huckabee, who we will have on this podcast soon, I promise. Um, And anyway, I had a great time on the show, and I had a really great time in Nashville. It was just, it's a blast. If you haven't been to Nashville, you got to go. Broadway, one main street with all the honky tonks and the music and everybody's outside and they're free and the weather is gorgeous and the river is right there and it's just fantastic. The southern hospitality plus the food, amazing. Anyway, I had a great time, so thank you to Nashville. Thank you to Governor Governor Huckabee. All right, today I want to deal with Obama, Elon Musk, and free speech because this is a real turning point, not just for free speech in America, but for the entire West. We're going to get into that. Also today, I cannot contain my fury over what happened to this Texas National Guard soldier who disappeared, presumed dead, trying to save two illegal aliens who were drowning in the Rio Grande River. This man, a young black man, an American patriot, is now likely dead because of the senile communist in the White House. We're going to get into that too because I am blind with rage. And there's also a shadow war going on between Kamala and Dr. Jill. Meow. We're going to take that apart too. Meow. Plus more of your hysterical emails, as I mentioned. But first, the Monica memo. Four days ago, Barack Obama called for full-blown censorship on social media. Today, Twitter is likely to accept Elon Musk's offer to buy it. So free speech lives. Suck it, communists. Suck it. You know, the wailing and gnashing of teeth by the left that we have seen over the past two weeks since Musk's play for Twitter became public is about to get worse. Musk is throwing open the gates of communist hell by buying Twitter and allowing free speech. I expect that all of these mentally ill communists, and yes, you have to be mentally ill in order to be a communist. It is also fundamentally evil, but evil is also a form of mental illness in its own way. Uh, All of these mentally ill communists I expect them to be packing their bags today to flee the country as they said they would when George Bush was elected and reelected and when Trump was elected. Remember all that? Barbara Streisand, Alec Baldwin, I'm fleeing America. I'm going to Canada. Well, of course, none of them left and none of them will leave now either because they'd rather stay here and ruin America. All of these communists... Remember when we used to, uh, we began to 
cotton to what Twitter and these social media platforms were doing in terms of shadow banning us and uh, throttling down our accounts and all of that stuff. We remember that we started to 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 get hip to what they were doing, and the left just came forward and said, "Oh." Yeah, sorry about that. You don't like that? Build your own Twitter. Remember that? They they came out and they were like, build your own social media platform if you don't like what we're doing over here. And of course, it is, I mean, damn near impossible because you've got, the, the technology involved is so sophisticated and massive in order to platform millions, hundreds of millions of people around the world. It's it's very, very difficult, and there are just a handful of people in the world with the capability of doing that. Jeff Bezos is one with the Amazon Cloud Services. Twitter was another. So very, very uh, impossible, and they knew that. So when they said, well, just go build your own Twitter, they knew that it was going to be uh, like an impossible task. Now, we do have some other outlets here because we actually took them up on it and we built our own Twitter. So we've got Truth Social, we've got Parler, we've got Getter, we've got some that are actually up and operating. Um, and But of course, none of them can compete with the big guns that have this, this near monopoly. So and here it comes Elon Musk, and it does look like, although the, the share price is getting close now to what he put out there, um, which could complicate things, and again, this uh, a million things have to happen in order for this to, to, to actually come into being, but I was thinking about this this morning. Elon Musk, you just bought Twitter. What are you going to do next? Why, I'm going to Disney World. Actually... He won't want to do that since Disney World is now a woke nightmare. That's a different subject. But the first thing, rather than go to Disney World, the first thing that Elon Musk actually should do, if in fact this moves forward, as we suspect it probably will, is to make public all of the shadow banning and the throttling down of accounts and the rigged game nonsense that the left has been doing for the last decade to all of us. We need to see it all. Elon needs to lay it all bare. And he's starting to do some of that, you know, on Twitter. He's <laughs> He is so brilliant. He's trolling the company that he's trying to target and buy. And he's doing it in the most brilliant way. Again, world's richest man has the leverage that we don't. And that's what makes this so delicious. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of these platforms, they can afford to ignore us and torture us and throttle down our accounts and shadow ban us and suspend us and throw us off and silence us. They they can do all of that because we have no leverage. Who are we? We're just average American citizens who would like our First Amendment rights and exercise them, but no, so they could play with us like like pawns, like chess pieces, and then throw us off the board entirely if we actually said something that was true that they did not like. Elon, they cannot ignore. Here comes the world's richest man, and he's like, hmm, I'm a libertarian. I believe in unfettered free speech. So I'm just going to buy the company. 
<laughs> turn it all around. They can't ignore him. So Elon actually has the leverage for all of us, which is a beautiful thing to see. I think the first thing he needs to do is lay it all bare because, and I think he appreciates this, radical transparency is the best antidote to their tyranny. And it will open up a real reboot. We're going to talk about this over the course of the next couple of weeks on this show as well. Reboot. We, we have mentioned on this program the Great Reset coming out of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab and the Schwabies, who are communists and do seek to leverage the West into a communist entity, and they're, they're doing it in a million different ways. But they call it the Great Reset. That is their phrase, not mine. I think we counter that with the Great Reboot. And we're going we're, we're gonna to talk about it a lot on the show, but when you think about Elon Musk and his takeover of Twitter, um, it really will allow an airing of all of the dirty laundry, and it will allow for a great reboot, or at least a piece of what we're calling the great reboot. That's how we counter the great reset. We need a great reboot of our government, of our social media platforms, of all of it. So anyway, the left is now panicked because without this kind of total control over the narrative, they lose. Their ideas are not just bad, as in historically bad, as in ideas that have killed hundreds of millions of people in the 20th and 21st centuries, but their ideas are evil. And they know it so that uh, without that total control, they know they go down the tubes. This they cannot tolerate. So they are increasingly desperate. Last Thursday, just four days ago, Barack Obama alighted back on the scene. Now, whenever you see a communist like Obama come back on the scene, you know that uh, he is operating on a higher level here, the the bigger mission. Obama just doesn't open his mouth and let uh, nonsense fly out. He, He is very strategic in his public appearances. So he made this public appearance at Stanford last Thursday, and he decided to go full communist to call for full-blown censorship on social media. He wants you completely silenced. He wants you to shut up. And if you won't, then he wants the government and big tech to shut you up. So here he is. He was talking about people are dying and democracies, they're so in love with democracy. Democracies are eroding because of misinformation and disinformation on social media. Here he is. Around one in five Americans is still willing to put themselves at risk and put their families at risk rather than get vaccinated. People are dying because of misinformation. So he went on to say uh, that tech organizations, tech uh, companies should find, quote, a North Star and, quote, redesign themselves to focus less on, quote, making money and increasing partisanship and more on solving the information crisis that he said they helped to create. Quote, do we allow democracy to wither, Obama said, or do we make it better? That's the choice. Now, earlier this month, 
he made another speech, uh, or I guess he gave an interview to the Atlantic at the University of Chicago, and he discussed misinformation and disinformation. And he said misinformation is information that's just simply wrong. And disinformation, he described as, quote, a systematic effort to either promote false information to suppress true information for the purpose of political gain, financial gain, enhancing power, suppressing others, targeting those you don't like. Now, keep in mind that whenever you hear a communist speak, whether it's Obama or Klaus Schwab or uh, Elizabeth Warren or any of the, the folks on the left, understand that everything they accuse us of doing is what they themselves are guilty of. It is called projection. They are masters of it. And because they have the big echo chamber of the media, they are able to get away with it um, because it's just amplified. So they accuse us of what they themselves are guilty of. Obama said, you just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage you just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plan enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Again, this is exactly what they do. Exactly what they do. So a former president of the United States, whose job it was and remains, because you take the oath and even when you're not in office as president, you still have a responsibility to represent all Americans and to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. That, when he was sworn into office, that's the vow he took. But he believes that if you disagree with him and his fellow Democrat communists, that you have no right to free speech. Think about that. Again, this is straight-up communism. And now he's not even covering it up right? I mean, he's not even pretending anymore. Under the First Amendment, and and I cannot believe that we have to spend a minute here to remind everybody what is guaranteed under the First Amendment, but under the First Amendment, you have the right to be a jerk and to say jerky things. You have the right to be a communist. You have the right to burn the flag. You have the right to be wrong. And to say those incorrect things. The First Amendment is not there to protect lovely speech. Oh, rainbows and puppies. Well, if only speech was only rainbows and puppies. But it's not because that ain't life. Life is hard and it's brutal and it's nasty. And there's a lot of bad stuff that goes down in everyone's life and certainly in the life of a country. The First Amendment is not there to protect nice speech. It is there to protect gross speech. Of course, there are some lines. And the courts have adjudicated this over many decades. Child pornography, incitement to violence. You can't scream fire in in a crowded theater if there is no fire. But... The First Amendment has a wide berth of allowances, and it's there to protect the terrible speech. Do I want to see the American flag burned? Of course not. But will I fight to the death for your right to burn the flag? Of course. Of course. 
This is communism, what we're talking about. We can't sugarcoat it. Nobody should be sugarcoating any of this anymore. You know, by the way, I remember when I wrote my book, What the Bleep Just Happened, and that was about 10 years ago now, I had a chapter in it. It was all about Obama, but there was a specific chapter in there about Obama and how he came up uh, being tutored by communists and famous Marxists and so on. And I called the chapter... The skinny socialist is a big fat liar. And I remember Don Imus uh, taking me to task. Monica, what is this title? The skinny socialist is a big fat liar. Come on. And I looked at Imus and I said, where's the lie? Obama was skinny. He was a socialist and he was a big fat liar. And all those things, by the way, are still true. Now I look back and I say, wait a minute, the word socialist, which everybody was like hair on fire, Monica, it's talking about socialism. Now I think the word socialism, too soft, too soft. He is a full-blown Marxist. They're all full-blown Marxists. Barack Obama once described he had, most of his life was as a community organizer and working in government. But he had a very short, brief stint in the private sector uh, when he was young, and he later described that brief stint in the private sector as, quote, being behind enemy lines. What does that tell you? This is what they think of you. Zero respect for you or your rights or the Bill of Rights. They want you silenced or dead like any good communist. So Elon Musk to the rescue, again, not a perfect man. None of us are perfect, but God uses all kinds of people to accomplish all kinds of things. And we will keep a close eye on what Musk does with Twitter and watching as this deal moves forward. All right, I'm Monica Crowley. We've got more coming straight up. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. 
That's promo code Monica at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, I am absolutely incensed by the story that we got on Friday and certainly over the weekend. The Texas military department is searching for um, a Texas Army National Guard specialist named Bishop E. Evans. The search began on Friday morning when Specialist Evans jumped into the river to try to save two illegal aliens who appeared to be drowning. They survived, but Specialist Evans went missing and is presumed drowned. Uh, Again, this happened on Friday morning, um, or actually Friday afternoon, and the guardsman was first reported missing in Eagle Pass, Texas, located roughly 143 miles southwest of San Antonio. That particular area is a major crossing for people who are attempting to cross the Rio Grande River and into Texas illegally. A lot of people drown in the process there. The river is very rough. And so this National Guardsman was on duty, and he saw what was going on, and he took his duties seriously to save lives, and he went in to try to save these people. Um, and then he just he disappeared. Now, law enforcement found a walkie-talkie and body armor that belonged to him. So uh, it's not looking very good here for his survival. And I I just ask that we pray for this American hero and for his family. This man, Specialist Evans, he chose to put on the uniform and serve his state and his nation. And his nation let him down. Not us. His nation, the powers that be, the communists who are currently running America. Joe Biden owns this completely avoidable death of this American patriot. He owns it. The blood is on his hands. This death of this American uh, hero, that is on Biden's hands. Biden, of course, doesn't care. He doesn't care at all. He's got a deliberate open borders policy that has real human consequences, but he does not care. It's not just the, uh, you know, if he doesn't care about American lives, which seems to be the case, you would think that he would care about the illegal immigrants' lives who are drowning in droves. They're being trafficked by the drug cartels that are making, what, $100 million a month trafficking in uh, people and drugs and weapons into the United States to kill all of us. But he doesn't care about those real human consequences because there is a bigger mission here at play. And it's not just that this this incredible American servant who has now been left for dead because of Biden's insane open border policy, but you're seeing consequences all over the place. In New York, there was a mother living in Queens who was murdered by an illegal alien who was working odd jobs as a handyman. She began an affair with this guy. They broke it off, but then he like lost his mind over it. And he went to her house in the middle of the night and killed her and stuffed her in a hockey bag and then went for Chipotle. He is in the country illegally. 
Now he was arrested. Thank goodness the NYPD uh, tracked him down. They found him. But now we're, get, we're paying to feed him. We're paying to incarcerate him. God knows what's going to happen to him next. He should not have been in the country. There are a million of these stories. Remember Kate Steinle, that beautiful girl from, I think she was from Northern California, but she was murdered in San Francisco by an illegal alien a few years ago, and that gave rise, rise to Kate's law. Bill O'Reilly led the charge on that and, and others. But Americans are constantly getting murdered and attacked and run down and robbed by illegals. There are human costs to Biden's open door policy on the southern border, but he doesn't care because this is about the the broader destruction of the country. This is about erasing borders, dissolving our national sovereignty, cutting America down to size, diluting our superpower. That's what all of this is about. So if they have to lose some Americans along the way, who cares? They don't, and it's getting worse. Customs and Border Patrol just confirmed there were over 221,000 illegal immigrant encounters in the month of March. Not only is that a new record under Joe Biden, but it's the single worst month at the border in DHS history, and more than any month on record except for two months back in the year 2000. This year, 2022, is on pace to be the single worst year since Border Patrol began keeping track in 1924. In fact, there have already been more encounters on the southern border in 14 months under Biden than the entire four years under President Trump. And that doesn't even count the over 600,000 gotaways who have crossed the border and escaped into the U.S. since Biden took office. This is a crisis of historical proportions, and it's only going to get worse because they're going to lift Title 42. You've got Democrats screaming about this. This was the COVID-era policy that the Trump administration put in place to allow for the immediate blocking or deportation of uh, illegal immigrants coming into the country on the public health justification. Well, now you've got Democrats who are vulnerable, and not just in border states like Arizona, although you've got Kirsten Sinema and Mark Kelly down there who are, they're going hat in hand to, to Biden in the White House going, dude, you cannot do this. You cannot lift Title 42. But you've got others as well, like Maggie Hassan, Democrat from New Hampshire, freaking out about this. Joe Manchin, West Virginia, very upset. John Tester in Montana. You've got Democrats who are joining with the Republicans, appealing to the White House not to lift Title 42 because we we already have a tsunami. Now we're just going to get we're going to get completely snowed under here completely snowed under. So they are begging, a lot of them are up for uh, re-election in November, Maggie Hassan, uh, Mark Kelly. There are others who are saying to the White House, please don't do this. And the White House is like, oh yeah, we hear you. We're going to do it anyway. We're going to do it anyway. Um, So Border Patrol, uh, they're going to be completely 
snowed under. And there's uh, there's going to be no way. I mean, they can't staunch the flow of the masses of humanity coming across the southern border now. They lift Title 42 and forget it. I mean, there are about 200,000 illegals waiting on the Mexico side of the border ready to cross right now. Ready to come as soon as Title 42 is lifted. That number is only going to swell. You're going to see with every passing day, more people come up to the border. And they're all, they're just put on pause, ready to come across. And what we know now is, look, I was on with Steve Hilton last night on Fox. This is all deliberate. I mean, people don't want to say it. I have no fear I I don't, I mean, the very survival of America as a sovereign country is at stake. This is why I'm doing this podcast now, because we ain't got time to bleed. There's no time for niceties. There's no time to, to be contemplating our navel about what's happening and worried about what the New York Times might say. No, we know for a fact that this is 100% an intentional destruction of the country, whether it's economics, whether it's the wide open border, whether it's destroying the the military with wokeness and everything. This is the communist uh, plan, which has been underway for decades to undermine America from within. That's what this is about. And everybody needs to wake up to it and be willing and brave enough to say the truth. Because if you can't call the enemy what it is, communism, and if you can't identify the problem, the deliberate destruction of the country, then you're not going to be able to stop it and you're not going to be able to solve it. All right, before we move on, I want to welcome one of our fantastic new sponsors to the podcast, GenuCell. I have used GenuCell skincare products for years because they really work. And I have worked with GenuCell for years, and I can tell you what a wonderful company they are. My skin is super sensitive. I've got a little rosacea on my cheeks. I'm I'm blonde. I'm very fair. I'm very sensitive. And so I can't tolerate a lot of products especially retinols, which I've always been dying to use but could never use because of my rosacea and my sensitive skin. Retinols can be really harsh. But GenuCell has a brand new product called Ultra Retinol Cream that is so gentle on my skin, and it really works. GenuCell's new Ultra Retinol Cream with concentrated hyaluronic acid hydrates your skin at a cellular level and builds on the deep moisture with the incredible anti-aging effects of a natural retinol alternative. It really works on my sensitive skin, and I can't get enough of it. So go right now to genucell.com slash Monica for up to 50% off the brand new Ultra Retinol Cream. You'll also get GenuCell's immediate effects for results in 12 hours or less free with your order. Can't beat that. Go to GenuCell.com slash Monica, that's G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Monica. You'll get free express shipping, free returns, exquisite customer service, and 100% money back satisfaction guarantee. Go to GenuCell.com slash Monica, that's GenuCell.com slash Monica. Back in a flash.
All right. Welcome back. We're going to get to your fun emails here in just a minute. But before we do, there is a juicy new book out about Biden and Harris and what a mess they are, although it's written by two New York Times reporters. So uh, I'm assuming that the mess that they are identifying um, is not what they intended, but it's kind of tough to cover up the mess because (laughs) this White House is... This whole thing is a an historic catastrophe. So they've got this new book coming out, and it's pretty spicy here, particularly with regard to Dr. Jill and Kamala Harris. They report that apparently Dr. Jill was adamantly opposed to choosing Kamala Harris as her husband's running mate, because remember during the primary debate, And Kamala tried to score some points on old Joe by talking about busing when she was growing up and she was all, that little girl was me. (laughs) Remember that? And so she attacked him as a racist, which of course the guy is. I mean, he's had a long career of saying racist things and making racist assumptions and so on. So Kamala was actually onto something when she was attacking uh, Joe and insinuating that he is in fact a racist. But this did not sit well with Jill, who was like beside herself with the idea that they were going to go for this woman who dared to attack her husband. So, but listen to this because... Many people assume that Ron Klain, who is a a longtime aide of Joe Biden's and a longtime friend, and he's now the chief of staff, he's the one who was tasked with vetting the VP candidates. So he's the one who sort of settled on Kamala as the best qualified And I'm laughing because, I mean, none of them are qualified, but she was really the bottom of the barrel in terms of qualifications for this, but he's the one who believed that Harris was the best qualified candidate for the position. So he came forward and he said uh, that he thought that Biden should choose her. So the book states this, yes, Harris had attacked Biden more harshly than any other major candidate in the Democratic primaries. Yes, the Biden family had seen it as a smear and a betrayal, In Klain's assessment, that would work to Biden's advantage. Choosing Harris will show people that you are magnanimous and forgiving, Klain told Biden. It will show the country just what a unifying leader you can be. So I guess in Klain's mind, he thought that this was going to be team of rivals, I guess, that that Biden was going to be Abraham Lincoln-esque by pulling together a team of rivals. Let me tell you something. I think the last president that actually had an effective team of rivals was Abraham Lincoln. We're in a different universe now. You, I mean, you, you're going to bring the wolves in to the tent with you? All right. Well, good luck to you. But we're so far beyond that as a country now that that, that would never work. So this was the view of Ron Klain. Again, Biden's longtime aide and friend, and now the White House chief of staff. This tells you he's helping to run the country with Barack and Michelle, of course. But this tells you where his his judgment is or lack thereof. He's the one who thought this was a good idea, and he's the one running the country? OMG. I, I mean, huh? 
Um, according to the book, oh, another little spicy deet. According to the book, um, it details Biden's hesitance to choose Harris after Klain said, this is the person you should choose, because Biden cited her past romantic relationship with Willie Brown, the former San Francisco mayor who had appointed her to a pair of minor political positions. So apparently Joe did not like the fact that she had slept her way to the middle, which is very interesting. He also considered Stacey Abrams. Well, I guess we dodged that bullet, but I mean, we didn't get much better with Kamala. The book says that Stacey Abrams, quote, did not pass the test for VP candidate after she lost the 2018 Georgia gubernatorial election and uh, her lack of experience as an elected official. She knows how to steal elections, though. So that would have come in really handy. I'm not sure Harris is up to that, but Stacey Abrams definitely is. Harris was believed to be Biden's safest bet for winning the White House despite her attacks on him. That also speaks volumes, doesn't it? That this loser, Kamala, who couldn't even get, what, 2% of the Democratic vote during the primaries and had to drop out before the first votes were cast, who can't even form a sentence and is in a constant nervous breakdown, she was the best choice. She was the safest choice. What does that tell you? One final thought here, and this is really, to me, the most shocking part of all of this. Get this. It gets worse. A close advisor to Biden is quoted in the book as saying this, and this is a direct quote. You know, white women are incredibly racist, as are white men, a close advisor to Biden said in the book. None of it was safe. It was a risky thing to do, but it was the safest of choices that we had. And there it is. Biden's top advisors think white men and women are all, quote, incredibly racist. This is what they really think of you. Never mind that these incredibly racist white men and women elected Barack Obama not once but twice. No matter. They truly believe we are all racists. They rarely say it out loud like this so directly, but there it is, quoted, in this new book, Out in the Open. Again, I remind you, we are dealing with communists. These are not American Democrats. This is not Bill Clinton's party, FDR's party, JFK's party. You are dealing now, on the other side, with a party of Marxist revolutionaries. All right, when we come back, we're going to hit your email straight away. Sit tight. Okay, as we wrap up today's show, let's hit the email straight away. Please feel free to send me an email at any time. I read them all. Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Well, as you guys know, last week I read an email from Chris who uh, took issue with the music on the show. And had a big problem with it and said it didn't quite suit me or the happy warrior spirit of the program. So I chose this music because, you know, you're limited in terms of what you can play 
on a digital broadcast like this. Um, like if you're on TV, you can do, I think, 30 seconds of any song without having to pay royalties. But on a podcast, this show will live digitally forever. And apparently you can't even do that. You can't even do 30 seconds because it's out there forever. So you, you're really restricted in terms of what your choices are. It's got to be royalty-free music. Uh, believe me, Enter Sandman would be the theme song of this show if we could get away with it, but we can't. So Chris sends a, an email and he says, you know, the music just doesn't seem to suit you. So I opened up the email to all of you guys to let me know whether you like the music, you hated the music, or you felt indifferent about the music. Now, some people are totally indifferent. They're like, Monica, love you. I'm here for the content. I could care less about the music. But most of you actually have a very strong opinion about the music on this show. So I heard once again from Chris. Let's hear from Chris. Hi, Monica. Wow, my suggestion to change the music seems to have caused quite a bit of debate on the show. LOL. Anyway, I know you have some constraints in choosing music. I found a few suggestions you can listen to that are royalty-free, I think, and capture a better vibe, in my opinion. And then he goes on to say, let's face it, you're not really a happy warrior. You're a warrior who happens to be happy. I love that, Chris. Anyway, love the podcast. You're an absolute force. Well, I appreciate that, Chris. And yes, you did. You definitely did uh, stir the pot a little bit here with the music, but this is what this show is all about. It's interactive. I want to hear from you guys. We are in search of new music, okay? Because a lot of you have weighed in and you want to hear something different. Mike writes, hello, Monica. Love your podcast. The music needs to be a little more spicy. It should fit your feisty, moving forward, and engaging show tempo. Okay, uh, that Mike, thank you for that. Uh, I appreciate it, and we are on it. Carol writes, just discovered your podcast. Love it. I have a great idea for your music intro. Try the first few bars of the first movement of Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 5. Dun, 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 dun. It ext it's extremely appropriate to our times. It's in the public domain. It's classy like you. Good luck, Monica. Why, Carol, not a bad idea. Actually, not a bad idea at all. So thank you. Yolen writes, hello, Monica. Thank you for being our bold modern day Molly Pitcher, taking up the fight for protection of our constitutional republic. That is why I think your music should have a patriotic theme, like some John Philip Sousa or a fife and drum ditty. Thank you again for your bold voice to help in our fight for our wonderful country. And I'm looking forward to your difficult decision to give yourself that very special opening sound that is special and unique to your podcast. Well, Yolan, thank you very much. I appreciate that um, a lot. Thank you. Uh, Pam writes, Dear Monica, love your podcast. I work in a factory, so you are in my ears often. Thank you for making the day pass enjoyably. I agree that you should change the music. It sounds like something I heard on a crafting show. Pam, you're killing me. Possibly something more patriotic that makes our hearts skip a beat with pride for our country. Can't wait till you podcast five days a week. Well, Pam, I appreciate the nice words. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm glad to help you pass the day.
All right, guys, that does it for us on this Monday. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great Monday and Tuesday, and I will see you right back here on Wednesday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.